0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to Holy Spirit Feed. I'm Jen Johnson. I'm excited to share what God has been showing me. I'm praying that your spiritual ears and eyes will be open to hear and see what Holy Spirit has for you. First Thessalonians 5 verses 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I love the first part of that verse, Rejoice Always. That gives us permission to rejoice even when we don't feel like it, but to choose instead to rejoice because God says it's possible to do so. But the next part, Pray Without Ceasing. Hmm, That seems a bit challenging to say the least, but I think it's possible. God wouldn't tell us to do something that was impossible. I think in order for us to do that, we need to broaden our idea of prayer into another concept which, to me, takes some of the pressure off of knowing what to say during prayer or wondering if you're getting it right. So today, we're going to talk about thinking with God. We're just going to think out of the box today. I want to challenge us to not just pray, but to think with God. After all, we have the mind of Christ. If we believe that scripture, we know that we have access to his thoughts. So in talking about prayer, of course, we need to pray with others, you know, speak words out, make declarations, minister to others. That's so important. I'm not talking about corporate prayer. I'm talking more about your time during the day. So if we're able to shift our concept of taking some of our personal prayer time with God to sharing thoughts with God, sometimes we have a to-do list, right? We're like, I'm going to do the dishes, make dinner, laundry, mow the lawn, finish that project. Then I'm going to stop and I'm going to pray for 30 minutes. Well, maybe there's another way to do the dishes with God, or do laundry with God, or mow the lawn with God. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have that discipline of setting aside specific time just to focus on the Lord and pray. Of course, the verse, be still and know that I am God. But it's not an either or, it's a both. So invite God into those everyday moments. He will meet you there, and guaranteed your chores are going to go a whole lot faster. So practically, as you work and go through your day, especially those mundane things like doing the dishes or taking out the garbage, let's say someone crosses your mind. Take time to ask God, what do you want me to know about this person? How could I bless them? Let's say you're worried about something, worried about what to do in a situation. God has the solution to that, so invite him in to give you a creative way to handle it. The only way to practice thinking with God is to do just that, practice. Some people, they have a hard time recognizing when God speaks, so this will help you start to recognize when he is speaking to you in a thought. While you're practicing this, keep in mind, not all of your thoughts are your own. You have your own thoughts, God can give you thoughts, and then we have an enemy. So if your thought causes condemnation and shame, that is not from the Lord. This could be a challenge at first, but we're going to build a scriptural basis for it, for thinking with God. So it's very clear in the word that we have access to think with God. Belief that you can is crucial. Let's get started building your faith for this. So I'm going to tell a story. This is more of a healing story. But hey, it's always good to hear another healing story, right? They build faith. So you, you can't hear too many of these as far as I'm concerned, right? So I heard this story about a guy. He's like mowing his lawn or doing yard work. And a twig came and poked into his eye. So he instantly knew that it was really bad, like the pain was excruciating, and he couldn't see. He was about to try to, you know, make his way into the house, and then he stopped, and he felt like he was supposed to invite Jesus into his eye to heal it. I know that wording might seem a little foreign to you, but that's what he did, and the pain instantly left, and he was healed. Just an invitation in faith was extended, and the healing happened. I remember about a year ago or so, I had listened to a message by Dan McCollum. He has a book called Bending Time. So the concept behind this is include or invite the Lord into your daily activities and supernaturally you will be able to do things in a far more productive manner and in far less time than usual. Well, shortly after I had heard this message, I was having one of those days. You know those days. Everybody's had them where it's clear. Like you are not going to be able to get everything done that you need to. I had errands to run, business things to do. I had a meeting, and it was just too much. Like, I knew it wasn't going to be possible to get it all done. So I stopped, and I invited Jesus in to bend time, to give me an idea or make something happen so that I could get what I needed to get done. Literally, like, within a minute, I got a text to reschedule the meeting. And I was like, why, yes, of course, I can reschedule that meeting. Hallelujah. I was like, whew. Thank you, Jesus. That was awesome. Back to the idea of prayer, expanding that into including thinking with God. Sometimes prayer for me is way more than me talking to God, it's more me hearing from Him than Him hearing from me. Okay? Of course, you know, we bring our requests to God, but I want to know what His requests are. He is the one that knows everything. In Colossians 1.17, it says, He existed before anything else, and He holds all things together. I want to know what He is doing, so this helps me get my mind off of me and onto Him and His purpose for me, and that's how we are intended to live. Wendy Backlund writes in one of her books, It is not about talking to Him, but about listening and experiencing Him. That's awesome. In John 5, Jesus is speaking to His disciples, and He says, Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. How did Jesus see what the father was doing in order to do it? He saw it in his mind's eye. Really, it's our spirit's eye, but we call it our mind's eye, and we all know what we're saying when when someone says they saw it in their mind's eye. We need to use our sanctified imagination for the purpose that it was intended for, to connect with God. There's a song by Upper Room that I love, it's called, What Moves You? The lyrics say this, I just want to move your heart, it's all I want to do, just tell me what moves you, just tell me what moves you. We're not in this relationship just to find out things from God, I love that stuff, he's such a wisdom giver, but the relationship is for the relationship, it's to get closer, So how many want to move his heart? I hope all of you are like, yes, that's me. I want to do that. That could be an entire message series all on its own. If you begin to share thoughts with someone, you begin to know their heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. This is Exodus 33, and this is Moses speaking. He says, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Moses said, teach me your ways. Here's the thing about knowing his ways. When you know God's ways, then when you see something that he's doing, you recognize it in the world or in someone's life or your own life, you recognize his fingerprints on something. And that's when you can engage and get involved. And we know his ways so that we may know him. That leads us back to that truth that this is about relationship with him. Thinking with him draws us into that deeper relationship. You know, I just feel like there's somebody out there who needs to hear this. If you struggle with thinking that maybe your pastor or your spiritual friends or whatever, like they have a better relationship with God, you just need to know that He intends to have a unique relationship with every person. He intends to have a unique relationship with you. And if you learn His ways, you will know Him. We don't just need to think with God, we also need to dream with God. I was watching a show recently and there was this married couple and the husband was a dreamer and the wife she just couldn't handle his dreams like he wanted to do things like hike in other countries and he wanted to write a christmas song and i don't know write a book or a few other things like he had a he had a list but she wanted kids in a home and she thought it was ludicrous that he thought he could have a family and a home and and all of these dreams it was just overwhelming to her Well, it came out at some point that she had stopped dreaming when her parents got divorced. And she didn't recognize it until she met this man who was still dreaming. So as Christians, we are to be those people in the world that are still dreaming with God and have vision and even wild, like out-of-the-box, extravagant goals and hope for the future. And then when people meet us and they see us stepping into our dreams, that points them to the originator of those dreams. Psalm seven four says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Some versions say, take delight in the Lord. You see, this verse has a double meaning. When you take time to dream with God, he gives you the desires of your heart, meaning he puts them in there, but then he gives them to you. He actually makes those desires that he gave you possible. The key here is delighting in him, to take time to dream with him. Ephesians 3:20 says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundant above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, he will let us in on those plans if we ask him and they are going to be exceedingly abundant. Come on. And it's according to his power. So if you struggle with thinking that you're weak or not good enough, and you are good enough, by the way, you're actually better than enough. So remember that. But anyway, it's according to His power, so it's guaranteed if we partner with Him. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. That's like one of my favorite verses. If you are one spirit with Him, then you can think with Him. I believe there is a misconception in the body of Christ about us not being able to know God's thoughts and know His plans. And there's probably a lot of reasons for that, but let's just go over a couple that I've noticed. Ever heard the saying, The Lord works in mysterious ways. Well, yes, that's true, but it is the glory of the Lord to conceal a matter and the honor of kings to search it out. So I think the problem is that people say the Lord works in mysterious ways, and then they stop there. They don't go any further, and they don't realize that as his children, he wants to let us in on those ways and share life and experiences with us. First Corinthians chapter two, I'm going to read verses nine through 12, says, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And I think that's a really popular scripture verse. I think people sometimes read that and they stop right there and they don't read the next verse. They're just content to, I don't know, just be ignorant or something. I don't know. It's weird, (laughs) but you have to continue and read the next verse. It's so important that you don't just stop at verse nine because verse 10 says, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. Wow. Come on. Like God has chosen to reveal these things to us. This is one of those scriptures that just sends me into like an awe spin, you know, like a tailspin, but an awe spin. As much as I think about and teach and talk about hearing God, I'm still just kind of like, what? Like it is, it's so humbling to think that we carry his spirit and that he reveals things to us. We have to stay like children and keep that awe and wonder alive. I'm going to continue with the rest of verse 10. It says, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them in the same way no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Mike drop. He's like, okay, I'm literally giving you my Spirit so we can share thoughts and you may understand what I have given you. Come on, that's awesome. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. So two are better than one. So you're one in that pair. So how much greater and how much more is the return when the other half of that two is God? When you are thinking with God, the return on your labor is off the charts. I'm like, I'm really into business. So I love a good return on investment and you cannot do better than that. All right. I'm going to read a definition of a word and then I want you guys to take a moment and see if you can guess what the word is. Okay. So here's the definition. The sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. So the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. All right, hopefully you've had a chance to guess. The word is actually communion. So, of course, for some, you know, communion is considered a religious ceremony, but this definition of communion has to do with our thoughts. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about communing with God every day. We can do that with God. This is awesome. This isn't a teaching on communion, but we could be also receiving that every day too, right? Or at least maybe more than a few times a year at church. And I say that because when we actually do the receiving of communion, we are sharing and exchanging intimate thoughts and feelings and doing that prophetic act of receiving the elements at the same time. So that's another message for another time, but I love that definition when we're talking about thinking with God. Sometimes we wish we knew like, what our spouses or children or friends were thinking, right? I'm sure that we've all been like, oh man, I wish I knew what they were thinking right now. Well, what an honor and a privilege to share thoughts with God, to know what He's thinking. When we share thoughts with someone, you can actually share in their feelings also. So I can't tell you how many times the Lord has been giving me a word for someone, and the feelings that he has came with the word. Almost unbearable sometimes, That like that deep love for someone that he has, or his desire for someone to get free. Or I've given a few words letting people know that God trusts them to do something, or to speak on his behalf. And that feeling of confidence that he has in someone, it's just unbelievable. But if I had never shared thoughts with him, that feeling wouldn't have been possible. Bill Johnson says, You can't afford to have any thought in your head about you that God doesn't have in his head about you. So if you are thinking with God, then you can know what thoughts he has about you. And not just the thoughts that you have about yourself, but also thoughts that you have about other things, too. You can get all of those thoughts lined up with what God thinks. Second Corinthians says, take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. I used to think that only meant getting rid of the wrong thoughts. But I know now that it's just as important, if not more important, to fill up on the right ones, the ones that match God's thoughts. So hold those thoughts captive. Don't let them go. They are actually holding real estate in your mind. Those God thoughts are occupying territory. In Bible times, when a particular people group or army would come into a city or a territory and conquer it, it wasn't enough to just defeat it. They actually had to occupy the territory in order to keep it. They had to own it or make it their own. It's not just enough to kill the bad thought. You have to bring in the good. That's how you thrive and continue to gain ground against the enemy. Graham Cook says, your mind can be a refuge in God, a sanctified place to receive the thoughts Holy Spirit wants you to have. I love that. It can be a refuge in God, a sanctified place to receive the thoughts Holy Spirit wants you to have. So we talked earlier about the 30 minutes per day scheduled prayer time, which is fine, but thinking about that made me think about how newlyweds and newly dating couples never have to schedule time with their girlfriend or spouse on their calendar. They know like, that any extra time that isn't spoken for by work or something really important, like, they know they're going to spend that time with each other. It's later in marriage where you have to actually be diligent and schedule in time for your spouse. So what if our relationship with God isn't one where we have to schedule that 30 minutes at this exact time or we won't get any time with him, but more of that newlywed thing, where any extra time that is not absolutely committed is spent thinking with God. I love that idea. So, hey, we're going to activate what we're talking about today. Before we do that, I just want to say any area of your life that has fear or anxiety attached to it, you are not thinking with God about that thing. You are either thinking with yourself alone or the enemy, but it's not God, or it would have hope and love attached to it. So let's go ahead and activate. So just take a moment. If you can, close your eyes. Pay attention to what thought comes into your mind, or if the Lord might give you a picture. I'll ask the question twice and then give you a minute to receive. Holy Spirit, what area of my life do you want me to think with you about? Holy Spirit, what area of my life do you want me to think with you about? So maybe you heard my marriage or professional goals or ministry to others, whatever that thing is, just start there. Start thinking with God about that thing and getting his vision for things and then continue to invite him into every part of your life until you are thinking and dreaming with God to bring his kingdom into every area of your life. Thanks for listening today. Join me next time on Holy Spirit Feet.